0: RC See you out there, boy. Yeah. See you. Yeah. yeah. I gave you, I gave you said, fair warning. warning. beware, yeah. Y'all ready? Smack him in the mouth I gave you fair warning. Beware. 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 Smack him in the mouth. Yeah. yeah. I gave you fair warning. Him. Beware. Beware. Smack him in the I don't mouth. think they ready, My Mike. Eye. I gave you fair yeah. warning. They better get ready. I'm <laughs> Yo, up. Up. It's Phil Flames. I with Mike on the mic. Yeah. What's up, the brand new one time for one your time, mind? He time. gave you fair warning. Now it's time to smack him in the mouth with that raw sports talk from the town. Sweet chin music to your favorite sure sports master. Right. Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters. Yeah. Reppin' for the West see the palms in the logo, LA. Mike on the mic, sports pod. Let's go you are tuned into episode 13 my favorite number of the mic on the mic sports podcast i am mike and i am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today how is everyone doing i hope you had a good week i hope all your teams won my team won the world series so now we got nba finals now we got the world series Los Angeles Chargers, we need the Super Bowl. Okay, that's clearly probably not going to happen. I mean, it would take a lot for that to be even remotely possible. But anyways, I got two championships this year. I'm not going to be too greedy and ask for the Chargers to win me a third. But if they do, I'll be very excited. It's a great year for Los Angeles, a great night for Los Angeles last night, a great night for this city and the people in this city. I'm excited for it. Not the biggest baseball guy, analytic-wise, but I am a huge Dodgers fan. I've been going to Dodger games my whole life, back since the Eric Gagne days, Manny Ramirez days, uh, Andre Ethier, Matt Kemp, all these guys all are part of this journey to the World Series, which we have finally captured after all these years of losing it. But Anyways, I have a jam-packed show for you this week, as I do every week. First up, we're going to give our NFL pick as we do every week. I'm going to pick every single NFL game all season. We'll see what the record is at the end of it all. And then I have a guest coming on the show, a future NBA star prospect, Mike Lenore. He's a fun guy to listen to, a fun guy to talk to. And then to close the show out, I'm going to go over some moves and trades I'd like to see at the deadline this year for the NFL Some big ones, by the way, so don't expect them all to happen. It's just ones that I personally would like to see, and I could see happening realistically a little bit, kind of not realistically, just guys I can see on the move and where I'd like to see them go. Anyways, buckle up, enjoy the ride of episode 13. Last week we did okay in the NFL Pick'ems. I am satisfied with an 11-win week. Uh, 11-3, kept pace with the leader, I would have enjoyed taking the lead last week, or at least getting a little closer to the lead, but we just kept pace with him, we lost the spot to Joe Moley Sports, he got one win more than us, we were tied up last week, so it's alright, it was a decent week, the Falcons really, and and, and the Cardinals pulling that upset off, really changed our week as far as the NFL pick'ems go, but let's get into the picks, For the week 8 of the NFL season, we're right here at the midway point. Midway through the season, it's crazy that we've gotten this far already. Anyways, let's just hop straight in. We have the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers. The Falcons literally ruined my uh, picks last week. The reason, because Joe Morley picked the Lions, the guy that I'm competing against, one of the guys I'm competing against. And my co-host of Friday Night Wars. Wow, as a fan of a choke artist team myself, I'd rather just score with that, that minute left. You know, Todd Gurley trying to get into the end zone. And he, he botched it and fell into the end zone when he wanted to try and stop at the 1. You never know what can happen. The team could have missed the field goal. Bad snap. Gets blocked. Anything like that. Todd Gurley guaranteed that they got the lead. Maybe you want to run a little bit more clock before you get into the end zone. But oh well. If he could have just hit those breaks on the other side of things, we would have got another win last week, Now that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been absolutely amazing, but he couldn't. Uh, the Falcons are, are heading in a direction that they may be picking a quarterback next year. I'm not saying Matt Ryan's done. But maybe they pick a quarterback and have him sit behind Matt Ryan for a year or two. Just because they're going to have a really high pick, it's starting to seem like, as they keep losing games. They lost a lot of tough games. You can see this team is close to being competitive in the NFL as they're they're losing a lot of close and tough games. The Panthers played the Saints extremely close last week, and they looked really impressive while doing it. And I'll say at the beginning of the season, I was wrong about the Panthers. I thought they were going to be the, the, the little guy in this division. I thought they were going to get picked on. In this division, but for the most part, they've held their ground. And I'll take the Panthers to send Atlanta one step closer to a top five overall pick with a victory this weekend. Moving on, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens. Mike's game of the week. The Steelers are in it again. And here we go again for the third week in a row. The Steelers are in a slugfest. This week, they got the Baltimore Ravens. They came out on top against the Cleveland Browns. They came out on top against the Tennessee Titans. Can they do it again against the Ravens? They definitely showed the ability to slow the run down last week, which will be great and a key in this matchup against Baltimore. Baltimore has also had what you would call an easy schedule, as people like to say the Steelers have been a beneficiary of to this point in the season. But this week, it all changes for Baltimore and Pittsburgh. These two have been on a collision course since week one. One. Well, I think the Ravens will absolutely bring their A game. It will be a great game. The Steel Curtain defense, in my opinion, is back. And they are dominant. And they are one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league. Big Ben is playing at a high level with his young, speedy wide receiver core. It's all clicking in Pittsburgh. So I'm actually going to take them to beat the Ravens. Pretty crazy. I'm going to take the Ravens uh, to drop one to the Pittsburgh Steelers in Baltimore. Next, we got the New York Jets traveling to Kansas City to play the Kansas City Chiefs if the Jets win it might be the biggest upset ever the Chiefs may rest Patrick Mahomes very early on in this game and I just the Jets this is not much to say about this the Jets just suck and the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the NFL so I'll take Kansas City to blow the Jets out it's that simple (laughs) Moving on, you got the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Miami to play the Miami Dolphins. And, oh, buddy, am I excited. Tua time is finally here. I love young players. I love young quarterbacks. And I cannot wait to see what Tua does when he gets on the field for the Miami Dolphins this week. We've seen Joe Burrow and what he's done. He's a special player. We've seen Justin Herbert and what he's done. He's a special player. Let's take a look at Tua Tagovailoa. And see what he has to bring to the table for the Miami Dolphins. He has no easy tasks, that's for sure. Against the Rams, coming to town, boasting that aggressive, high-flying defense, strong defensive line, good linebacking core. Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, John Johnson. Now, while Tua had two weeks prepare for the Rams, I do think in the end, it's going to be a bit much for Tua to handle in his first game. No one freak out, though. I think is going to look good. I just don't know if he's going to win the game. Justin Herbert lost four games before he found his victory. Joe Burrow has one win this whole season as a starter. is going to have to go through some aches and pains. It's going to happen. It happens with every rookie quarterback to ever come into the NFL. There's going to be aches and pains, and this first game against a very strong Rams defense is going to be an ache and is going to be a pain. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams to beat uh, the Dolphins in a game that is going to be closer than you think, think. I think it's going to be a fun one. You could see like a 21-20, 21-17 type of game, 24-17, something like that between the Rams and Dolphins. The Rams just barely edging the Dolphins out. Next game, we got the Indianapolis Colts, a team that is up and down versus the Detroit Lions, another team that is up and down. The Lions somehow won that game last week. I just want to point that out. When it was all pointing to the Falcons winning, the Falcons blew it. And that's a shocker, right? The Falcons blew another game this season. Anyways, the Lions never gave up and got the game-winning touchdown as time expired. But despite all that, the Colts, to me, are just a better team than the Lions. The Colts' future is dependent on the play of Phillip Rivers, who I know very well as a Chargers fan. If he can just not turn the ball over and focus on executing and having an efficient offense, the Colts are pretty unbeatable because their defense is like the Steelers. It's a very, very good defense, very strong defense. They got good players at every position on the D-line. They got Justin Houston at linebacker core. They got Darius Leonard. And in the secondary, they got some good young stars. Xavier Woods kind of leading them now with Malik Hooker out. But the problem is if Phil Rivers turns the ball over too much, there's nothing he can do. And that's the way it was for the Chargers for all those years. And I love Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers is my favorite football player ever. But I am honest with either he's going to not necessarily win you the game. He's going to play good enough for you to win the game with your other weapons. Or he's going to lose you the game. So that's why I think the Colts may have overpaid him just a little bit. But they're taking a chance on a veteran quarterback to lead this young team to the promised land one last chance. I don't think it's going to happen. The AFC is too competitive. But for this game specifically, as long as Rivers can keep from turning the ball over, they should beat the Lions. So I'm going to take the Colts over the Lions as they could take care of business uh, in Detroit. Next, we got the New England Patriots traveling to Buffalo to play the Buffalo Bills. Here it is, everyone. The AFC East Championship, right? Wait. Wait, 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 wait. My assistant is calling me. What? Mark, what? What? Oh. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. He just told me that the Patriots actually suck, as I predicted they would. The Dolphins are actually the second best team in the AFC East. Look, I'm a huge Cam Newton fan. Don't get me wrong. And you guys know how much I believed in Cam to really improve that team. I'm a huge Bill Belichick fan. Don't get me wrong. You know how much I applauded him for the move that he made to get Cam Newton and the moves that he's made in the past to keep this team a Super Bowl team year in and year out. But it's just too much. And I said it 500 times that this is the most incomplete team in a long time. And you need to be a complete team to compete in this NFL because there's too much competition right now. I gave everyone fair warning. Fair warning that they couldn't overcome the talent disparity that was now in place for Bill Belichick to overcome. And people told me that it's Bill Belichick. He'll figure it out. He'll find diamonds in the rough. Our second round pick's going to do it. Nope. Our third round pick's going to do it. Nope. Where the hell is Aussie I ain't seen him do anything all season. But anyways, on top of it all, it is very clear that COVID has also probably affected Cam Newton a little bit. He's a completely different player from what he was in the first couple games of the season and he just when he's out there his arm just looks like it's out of juice out of energy I don't know if it's a shoulder injury or if it's COVID or if he's just aging but he just does not have the cannon he used to have he's always been inaccurate and now he doesn't have the arm strength either it's just not going well for Cam Newton I'll admit I was probably wrong I thought Cam Newton was going to have a really good season with the Patriots even though they don't have any weapons for him to throw to maybe they could find some of the trade deadline to help out a bit but right now the Patriots just aren't they aren't doing it right. <laughs> they aren't making it happen with this 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 beat down team. The Patriots are a wounded lion right now, and the new king of the jungle is here to finish them off. In the Buffalo Bills, I see the Bills winning in dominant fashion over New England to get back on track this week. Moving on, we got a fun matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. The Raiders need to make up their mind, right? Are they going to be good or not? This is the perfect example of a team, in my opinion, that is on the cusp of a breakout season. While the Raiders look good in games this season and have won some games they probably shouldn't have won, they still quite aren't there. But come 2021, come 2022, I would not be surprised if this team takes a huge leap. I mean, from what they are now to 10, 11, 12 wins. That kind of leap is what I expect from the Raiders in the next couple years, seeing what they're doing to these teams this season, just being real sneaky all year long. Just like the Raiders, the Browns are a roller coaster of their own. They go from red hot on offense to ice cold at the snap of a finger. Like that, it'll change. Last week's game versus Cincy scared the heck out of me and got me jumping off that Browns hype train once again. I've jumped on this train and off this train at least 10 times this season. I swear to you, every every week it's a different Browns team that we see out there. They won because of a damn near miracle. The defense didn't really show up to play Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Regardless, the Browns, even without OBJ, in my opinion, are still a little bit of a better team. As much as it hurts me to do it, uh, I'm not saying it hurts me too much. I don't like the Raiders either. I'm not a Raiders fan or anything. But it hurts me in a way that it's hard to pick this game. <laughs> I will just say that. I'm going to cautiously... I'm highlighting that I'm saying cautiously take the Cleveland Browns. I'm not super confident in them. I'm not saying go out and put all the money on them. I'm cautiously taking them because, one, they're just the better team. But the reason that I'm so cautious is because I know John Gruden... And his staff are going to come ready and come at Baker Mayfield 20 different ways this weekend. And I don't know if Baker can handle it. So we'll see how it goes. Another test for Baker Mayfield. This is his season of tests. If he can take the Browns to even a little bit of success, I think he keeps the job for five seasons. You know what I mean? I think he keeps the job for a full cycle of players to come through the Browns. But if he does not get the Browns' success, so far I think it's been successful. Baker might be on the chopping block if they go on a losing streak to end the season. But so far, Browns look pretty good to this point in the season. Very up and down. Very hot and cold. you even see differences within one game. You'll see a hot and cold drive. So we'll see if they can put it together and take down the Raiders. I'm taking the Browns to beat the Raiders in Cleveland. Raiders got to travel. So we'll see how it goes. Moving on, we got an NFC North matchup, which is usually a doozy, which is usually a fun one, which is usually a great matchup to watch, but this week doesn't have that much hype as it normally would. you got the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Lambeau to play Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. The first time these two played this season, it was a clean slate, a clean start for both at the beginning of the season. Since then, the Vikings have went 1-4 and, and can't seem to buy a win. And the Green Bay Packers are one of the best teams in football since then. And a lot of it is on Mike Zimmer. Some of it is on Kirk Cousins. But most of it is on the fact that this roster was depleted in the offseason, a lot like the Patriots. And a lot of these guys on defense are youngsters trying to make it in the NFL, trying to figure it out all at once. It's just adding up and piling on for the Vikings, and it's just too much to overcome. And while the offense looks electric at times, at other times it doesn't. Well, the defense looks great at times, at other times, it doesn't. So I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to take that bad man down there in Wisconsin and the Green Bay Packers to win. It'll be a shootout, I think, still. But overall, the Packers are going to win. I could say 44-30 to 30 is a safe bet, something like that, for the Packers to go out and beat the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. Moving on, we're getting along with these really quick. That's good. I have a guest coming on the show on the next segment. We have the Tennessee Titans traveling to Cincinnati to play the Cincinnati Bengals. And Joe Burrow, man, what a game last week. This may be the best QB class that we have seen in recent memory. Unfortunately, the team around him is absolutely awful, like trash, like really, really, really bad. An inconsistent Joe Mixon, and I'm sure the inconsistent O-line is, is a part of the inconsistent Joe Mixon. I don't think Joe Mixon played last week. A.J. Green, who's aging, aging A.J., <laughs> not exactly what he used to be. Still a, a great receiver, still be a great complimentary guy to another team, if you see what I'm hinting at. But not quite a wide receiver one anymore. And Tyler Boyd, who in my opinion is a high-end wide receiver two. He's pretty good wide receiver, too, but you like to have another receiver with him to play that wide receiver one role. That's all Joe Burrow's working with right now in offense, and a, a terrible O-line. I almost cursed. An awful O-line. We'll just say that. A poopy O-line. <laughs> There's only so much Joe can do, and they're going to keep losing games all season, but it might be good for Joe in the long run because now the Bengals will be set up for another high draft pick, and they could use that high draft pick to maybe get him another weapon or help out that O-line. It's got to be at the top of their needs, especially the O-line. But for this game, Derrick Henry is going to go for 150 yards, two touchdowns. It's going to be ridiculous because the Bengals defense has not been showing up all year, and it's not going to show up this, this week. And I'm going to take the Titans to win in a blowout. But Joe Burrow still should look impressive. Uh, maybe a turnover and maybe like two or three touchdowns and 250 yards or so. We'll, we'll see how tough the Titans defense plays, and if they get a little slack as they build a lead as I predict them to build moving on we got your Los Angeles Chargers and my Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Denver to play the Denver Broncos let me say we could really 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 use Austin Eckler for this game this week going into Denver is tough man especially this time of year I expect the weather to be very rough as far as the snow is going to be falling and especially on newly found air raid talent Justin Herbert this is a man up kind of game I've played in snow games before it is a tough game everything hurts 10 times worse it's hard to move if you don't stay warm on the sideline you go out there and you're cold for the first couple snaps of each drive it's just a whole other challenge that's added to the game of football and the game of football is already an extremely challenging sport to play I think it's going to give Justin Herbert fits as I saw on a radio show. An interview that he was doing where he said that he's never played in the snow before. Uh-oh. He's going to play in the snow this weekend. It's going be the first time of his life. The problem with the Broncos is and their, and their chances of winning this game, and it would be a sort of an upset. Both these teams are kind of struggling this year. The problem for the Broncos is they're very, very injured still. They're struggling. They're getting a little healthier. They got the quarterback back. You know, they're starting to get some of their uh, defense back, but for the most part, they're very injured, playing with mostly backups across the board. I'm going to take the Chargers to still narrowly win this game because we got our defense coming back slowly and surely, and they're actually healthier than the Broncos for probably the first time in years. If the Raiders lose to Cleveland, the Chargers We'll have a tie for second in the AFC West. I believe we play the Raiders in the next couple weeks. So, taking the charge to beat the Broncos in Denver in a close defensive game just because the snow is going to wreak havoc on both of these offenses. You saw what happened last week in Denver as they went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and got absolutely annihilated. So, I'm going to take the Chargers. Next up, we got a NFC West from the AFC West. We go to the NFC West battle between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Here we go. The old NFC West battle continues. The 49ers are getting closer and closer to healthy, and you're starting to see it on the field. They're getting closer and closer to full strength. Although they may never reach full strength with guys like Devo Samuel going out the lineup again. Nick is done for the season. Mozart's in and out. They tend to get better every week still, but I don't think they're quite there yet to, to catch Seattle. I don't think they're quite there yet to surprise Seattle, especially in Seattle. I know there's no fans or crowd, probably not in Washington especially, but just traveling, you know, up up the way, up the road a little bit for 49ers just adds a little bit of extra on an already injured, beat up, tired team. The Seahawks got to believe that they blew that game versus Arizona, even though it was really just a really good game. The Arizona just came out on top and and the ball fell their way. But I expect that loss to fuel a convincing victory for the Seahawks this week over the San Francisco 49ers. Moving on, we're getting to the nitty-gritty here. The New Orleans Saints are traveling to Chicago to play the Chicago Bears. While I do believe the Bears' defense will help them stay in this game, the Saints are just a better team, man, and should go ahead and continue exposing the Bears for what they really are, and that is a low-end wild-card team in my opinion. I am very impressed with the Bears' ability to win games that they shouldn't. But it really is riding on the backs of their defense. And you've seen the last couple of weeks, the defense has not been as dominant as it was in the first five or six weeks of the season. So we'll see how it goes for the the Bears. They may play the Saints close, but overall, I think the Saints should win this game. I'm going to pick the Saints to win. They're the better team. Sunday Night Football. Probably going to see a couple TikToks made out of the Sunday Night Football game. It's going to be kind of... A comedy show in my opinion of the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia Eagles in what is probably a game for that division and for control of that division for the time being Cowboys fans I'm giving you a warning if you don't want to hear this just skip a couple what 60 seconds ahead because <laughs> I'm about to go in I'm pretty confident the Cowboys are done this season unfortunately this game has the making of a very great game, but I sincerely feel that the Cowboys staff, players, coaches, and ownership are kind of giving up on the season. Here's the final straw, right? The final gasp if they lose to the Eagles. The backbreaking loss that could send the Dallas Cowboys on their way to a top 10 pick this year or this coming draft. Wentz will find a way to win this unless third string Danucci. Danucci is a diamond deep in the haystack. You see how I combine two catchphrases there? That's how much of a diamond in the rough he would need to be. I combine needle in a haystack and diamond in a rough to make. He needs to be a diamond deep in a haystack. Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a fun time. If I just set the stage, I can't set the stage any better than that. (laughs) A diamond in a haystack. Anyways, moving on. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to New York to play New York Giants on Monday Night Football, last game of the week. Finally, a Monday night football matchup to go over. A quote from last week's show that I said was, if the Buccaneers are clicking, they're as good as any team in the NFL. And I stand by that to this week. Because right after I said that, they went out and they handed the Raiders a butt kicking of a lifetime. After the Raiders were red hot, the Raiders just beat the Chiefs the week before that. Goes to show that this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, when they're on and that offense is on and Tom Brady is hitting his passes and the run game is working with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, Gronkowski's getting involved now. The defense is always going to be good as long as they have those guys there healthy and ready to play. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are as good as any team in the NFL, as I said. And if they're clicking, the NFC and the NFL should be very, very, very afraid i like to say that it's very impressive also that tom brady is even in the mvp race i think he's top five for sure right now pretty unarguably maybe four or five if he's actually in this mvp race the end of the season that is historic this guy is ridiculous i've never seen anyone uh beat the stands of time as people would say other than lebron james and Tom Brady, and I am very thankful and very fortunate to have witnessed both of these legendary careers in their respective sports. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent. The Giants just don't got enough to compete with this team, and unless the Buccaneers come out and have an absolute doozy, then they're going to take care of the Giants, and the Giants are going to be one step closer to maybe drafting another big-time offensive lineman or replacing Denny Dimes in next season's draft. That's the NFL Pickums. Thanks for tuning in to the NFL Pickums. I'm excited to talk to Mike Lenore, who's about to come on the show. We're going to get to know him a little bit. He's a future NBA prospect. And we'll see what he has to say. Let me know what you think of my Pickums at the Instagram page, at Mike on the Mic Pod. cheap plug of the episode. And, yeah, let's just move on to the next topic. What is up, Mike on the Mike Squad? I have an incredible special guest for this middle segment for you guys today. He is a high school superstar basketball player who went pro and kept his college eligibility while doing it. (laughs) Look to see him in the NBA soon, everyone. Mike Lenore. Mike, welcome to the show. How's your day going?
1: How you doing? It's going pretty good.
0: Happy to have you on, man. Uh, It's good to hear uh, stories of success at such a young age. So, for those who haven't uh, heard of you, uh, what is your story, man? Where are you from? Where are you going? What are your goals? Uh, my name is uh, Michael Lenoir from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, my
1: goal, my ultimate goal is to make it to the NBA. Um, some things I have already accomplished. I
0: played pro in the, the TBL. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty awesome, man. That's some big goals. I hope you go. so that way you can make me look good in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it, Yeah. <laughs> So you're a 17, 18-year-old star player of your high school, right? I'm sure it was a great time, just assuming. I, I was in high school just a few years ago. I never experienced myself because I was always kind of the quiet kid, the quiet kid, you know, that becomes a sports podcaster. Crazy, right? Yeah. What was it like being the star player of your high school slash city kind of growing up?
1: Um, it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool. And by us winning a state championship, you know, that's not something everybody else can really accomplish. So by me doing that, and that was the first ever state championship our school had ever won. So that was pretty big for me and my school, also my teammates. So it was, it was a, a real nice experience.
0: That's super awesome, man. I can't even imagine how that feels to kind of like kind of bring it home to your city like that. Yeah, kind of like it was Le- crazy. Kind of like LeBron for Cleveland. Somewhere. Here. <laughs> All right. There's some backstory to this next question. I actually played pro football overseas. Now, in high school, I was tiny. I was five five, 135 pounds, soaking wet. Uh, I was described as being like the scrappy player that just plays with a bunch of heart, and every team has that guy on their team. Uh, so when I hit a growth spurt and went overseas, and ultimately kept playing football, I felt like I was a different player. Right now, I'm five ten, 185 pounds, playing cornerback linebacker, so I was playing cornerback. Just a few few years later, in my first week of practice, I was trying to shine, show out to the coaches. So when they called a sweet play, and I heard them call it in the huddle, I came all the way from my cornerback position to try and hit the the star running back of the team. Well, I didn't Mm -hmm. know he was the star running back of the team. I just thought he was a guy that was smaller than me. I was going to shine. He ran me over like I wasn't even standing there. (laughs) (laughs) I had three or four inches of height, maybe 20 pounds on him, and like I said, he, like I wasn't even there. He kept going for a touchdown. I watched from the floor as he scored. Have you ever had a moment like that, going pro at such a young age? I was, I was 18, 19 also. Uh, going pro at such a young age where it was like, oh, damn, I'm not playing with kids anymore. You know, I'm playing with adults now
1: yeah um through my my t b l experience uh I would say the best experience like surreal experience to me that made me realize like wow this is real it's pro is when we uh we took a trip to New York to play the Albany patrons, and when we played them, those guys were really good like that was like really really pro basketball like from the the point guard to the center, the guys was like six four to seven foot that's where it started it, and then they they beat us and their team was really good, so I was like all right, this is real now. Like, I got to really put in some real work because if I'm going to play, I'm not just going to be average. So I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it was real.
0: Yeah, it's a crazy moment when when you look at the guys you're playing against and you're like, damn, I'm actually playing with these dudes. These dudes yeah. are huge. We, we had one uh, defensive lineman who was like 6'7", you know, pushing 300 pounds, but he was just pure muscle. And every time – I was the backup quarterback also, which was a very terrible gig to have on a, a semi-pro team that doesn't, doesn't care about their backup quarterback at all. Uh, so every time the scout team offense would come in, this giant dude would just murder me. You know, I'd have to run the read option, <laughs> was the defensive end, and he would just murder me every single time. It, yeah, yeah. I hated it, but it, it was fun at the same time. All right, moving on. Basketball player, right? Who's your favorite basketball player ever and why?
1: My favorite basketball player ever yes, have to be Kobe Bryant. Always, Kobe since I was Kobe. a little boy. Always, from number eight Kobe to number 24, always. And why I would say is because how, how he co- competes, um, he's a, a fierce competitor, and most of all, he's a winner. Like, he'll do anything to get the job done. And all the things that he's been through or went through, it just, it made him go harder, like, with everything. And also, I just like him as an individual, how he talks, how he speaks, and how his mental is. So I would say Kobe Bryant, that's my favorite.
0: That's a great answer because Kobe Bryant is actually my favorite athlete ever. Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, and, and a lot of the times when I'm looking up at the athletes that are playing before me as a 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old kid, Kobe Bryant was a superstar of my city at that time. So big Kobe Bryant fan. Actually, I, the reason I was sent overseas is because I did join the military, and that took me to the, the pro football team. But uh, when I was underway or at sea uh, on deployment, and training for the next season. And I was very fortunate to where my deployments happened during the off season. I was able to go back and play for the season and I'm running on the treadmill. I'm working out or getting ready for the next season. And just Kobe Bryant highlights, Kobe Bryant, motivation videos, just all Kobe Bryant, just such a motivational dude. And he, he is one of the athletes that actually changed people's lives. You know what I mean? He changed definitely. and inspired so many people. And I think not only he's one of the greatest athletes ever, I think he's one of the greatest humans ever. To, yeah, to, like,
1: that's it, it's crazy that you said that, because like you said, not just in basketball, but just in general, how like, he's a yep. great person. He changed people's Like I remember when he first came out with his documentary, uh, Muse, mm-hmm. and me and my dad, we watched it when it first came out. And like, we had memberships at 24-Hour Fitness that we used to go work at it. So we watched it at nighttime, and it probably was like 1.30, 2 o'clock a.m. when we got done watching it. And me and my dad just looked at each other, and we was like, let's go to the gym. <laughs> Cause that's just he'll make you want to do something like yeah, that. So yeah, I love Kobe though.
0: Yeah, man. I'm glad that Los Angeles could win these championships for him. Big, Most definitely, um, the Dodgers and the Lakers. Yeah, man. It's super, super, awesome to see happen. Super sad that Kobe isn't here to see it, man. Well, I remember when when he passed away, someone called me, and because of the time difference, it was like 4 a.m. over there, and I just broke down immediately. It, it yeah, that was crazy. It's <laughs> yeah. it's
1: crazy because the day he passed away, we had a game. And at the end of the game, I had 24 points and eight assists. Ooh. So that was crazy. Yeah,
0: but, that sounds like a sign to me. Yeah, we found out after,
1: after we played. So I was like, that's a oh. good thing. But it, it was what it was, though, you know, rest in paradise to Kobe, him and Gigi.
0: Yeah, man, he's going to be someone that's never forgot. And I'll tell my grandkids and I'll tell my great-grandkids, tell everyone about Kobe. For too. sure. All right, anyways, moving on. Uh, two more questions. One, it's kind of similar to the last question, but a little bit different. If you were to pick one current NBA player that would say, that's my style of basketball, who would it be?
1: Um, as of right now, I would pick... Um, some people say of me, I play like Damian Lewis. Some people, okay. my coach say, I'm just a fast Chris Paul because he's IQ wise. So oh, okay. I probably have to say, but me personally, if I can describe my game, I would say like, okay, prime Derrick Rose speed and athleticism, Chris Paul IQ, and I say, I shoot like Dane.
0: like and great right. Sounds like a great blend to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, finally, to close it out, this is the hardest question, and I know a lot of athletes, I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this, a lot of athletes don't want to answer this question, especially when they're coming up like you are. If you could play for any NBA team, I'm about to give a team leverage. Who would you
1: play for? Oh, I didn't got asked this question so many times. <laughs> and I can't I can't say different teams. So uh, um, like I said, I tell everybody, I'm grateful for whatever team that that I'll be fortunate enough to get picked by. I think I could contribute to any team, but like I said, I was telling my dad and my coach, like with the Miami Heat, they needed oh, yeah. a point guard, they needed a point guard in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler, it was hard for him to score. A lot of hard buckets. Uh, Tyler Hero, he couldn't really get off how he wanted to. Um, Duncan Robinson, a lot of his three-pointers was hard shots. You know, Goran Dragic, he's a he's a guard, but he's a combo guard. He's not a point guard. Like, he, he likes to score. Bam out of Bayou, I feel like if I was playing, even though he played not so well, I mean, I would have just, I felt like me, I could have laid it out for him, and all he would have to do was catch and dunk sometimes, you know, that type of stuff. Just relieve a lot of stress. Off of the, uh, the Miami Heat's team.
0: Yeah, they're a great young team right now. So by yeah, the time and you that's get another there, thing. They're young. You guys are all going to be so, in their uh, time. By the time. Exactly. You get, they just plug you in as a little piece and right. be champions right there. All right, man, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. Uh, thanks to all your teammates. Looks like they all support you. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. Kind of you. Uh, <laughs> Everyone that's listening to the audio version of the podcast, which I think is pretty much everyone, because I don't know if I'm doing a video on this week, his entire team is behind him, supporting him as he does the interview. Pretty awesome to see. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Anything, any last things you want to say before you go? Uh, no, nah, just thank you uh,
1: for having me and for us having this conversation. I just really appreciate it.
0: All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Whenever this uh, is, is out, I'll send you a link.
1: All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. <music>
0: the just as we go down the highway, we're the best of friends, in that the world keep turning our way, on the road again, I just can't wait to get on the road again. I love that song man, big childhood childhood song, growing up, used to listen to it on the way to the lake, but anyways on this segment I'm just going to go over a few players that I would like to see hit the road at the trade deadline. This isn't just trades. There's going to be one or two just pure free agent signings, and then also a couple trades, just moves I like to see midseason, right as the deadlines approaching. Uh, so it's a good time to talk about it, especially after you saw Antonio Brown just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is a big deal to a lot of people and a big deal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a big deal. For all those potential teams, (laughs) cough, cough, the Seattle Seahawks, who may have potentially been looking at trying to pick up Antonio Brown to their roster. And that just adds some depth to the Buccaneers. So here's some moves that I think could help teams like the move of Antonio Brown to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's get this thing started. I'm going to start off with the obvious one, one a lot of people have talked about possibly happening at the trade deadline. And that is AJ Green. Being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. I do not know what the Eagles will have to give up to get A.J. Green. A.J. Green is an aging receiver, but he's an established receiver in this league. The Eagles already have a real crazy mixture of weapons for Carson Wentz that just can't stay on the field. And I know you may argue, okay, A.J. Green is not going to do much better at staying on the field. Well, he's been healthy so far to this point, And at a certain point, you're going to land one of these guys. One of these guys are going to be able to stay healthy if you keep trying. Just, it's just the odds game. At this point, AJ Green could come in and immediately help Carson Wentz with a jump ball receiver. His style, he's always open. He's one of those kind of receivers. doesn't matter how tight the coverage is. He, tries, he finds a way to get his hands on the ball and hold on to the ball for big touchdown catches in the red zone. The Eagles could really use him. And they could probably send over a few picks to Cincinnati, or or maybe just one second or third round pick to Cincinnati. Even a fourth round pick might do it for A.J. Green. A.J. Green is aging. He's at the end of his career. He's in his twilight years. Why not go to a competitive team? Well, kind of competitive. Competitive for their division in the Philadelphia Eagles. Another move I'd like to see is Harrison Smith to the Baltimore Ravens for a second, fourth, and fifth round pick. I know you're probably thinking, oh, that's a lot to give up. For a guy, the stature of, or I should say, for a guy, the age of Harrison Smith. And he's a safety also. But you saw Jamal Adams go and you saw the load that he uh, was traded for. And I could see something similar happening with Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith is a bit older than Jamal Adams. But for the Ravens to get him off the Vikings, they're going to need to to give a big offer. Because he's an all-time great for that franchise. An all-time great for that franchise. So it's going to take a lot to get him off of them. But they're about to go into a rebuild. I think they're realizing that what they have right now necessarily isn't going to be it to compete in that tough, tough division. So the Vikings may be ready to trade a few players out, trade a few contracts out, and try and get some new guys in. Harrison Smith will be the perfect safety to fill the vacancy of Earl Thomas. He's a good tackling safety. He's an aggressive safety. The Baltimore Ravens defense is already elite, it's already amazing, I know, but this will make them one of the best defenses in the league, and it could be the difference between losing in the AFC Championship game and moving on to the Super Bowl if they can somehow pull off a Harrison Smith-like trade. Next move I'd like to see, I have it pegged, but I highly doubt it'll happen just because trading between divisional opponents doesn't usually happen, but J.J. Watt, Houston, Texas defensive end, to the Tennessee Titans for Imani Hooker and some picks. Look, I know it's very unlikely to see J.J. Watt get traded. For the same reason, it's unlikely to see Harrison Smith get traded. He is an all-time great for his franchise, I understand. But it makes so much sense for J.J. Watt to go to another team other than Houston where he's been plagued with poor management of players and just bad rosters overall. From him to go to a competitive team and compete for a championship towards the end of his career like he is right now. I could see this move because Tennessee needs pass rush. And that defense will be complete. Similar to the Harrison Smith deal with the safety, this is the one missing piece for these guys. I know they have Jadavion Clowney, but he isn't the craziest pass rusher. He's more just an overall presence. He forces to be double teamed on some plays. He's a good run stopper. J.J. Watt and Clowney back together again, but in Tennessee, they're going to wreak havoc. And it's going to be a huge help to the Tennessee Titans' AFC chances. The AFC is loaded. You got quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. You got quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger. Josh Allen is emerging. These quarterbacks are hard to stop without a great pass rush. You need to get pressure on them. So picking up J.J. Watt, I know you'd lose Amani Hooker, who I think is a future star safety in the league based off of the small sample size we have of him. And maybe a pick or two. It's going to take a lot to get J.J. Watt off the Texans. And, you know, they're a division opponent, so the offer is going to have to be loaded. But if you can pull this deal off, this might make you immediate AFC Championship favorites. Similar to Harrison Smith going to the Ravens. We saw that the Ravens aren't quite ready to beat the Chiefs. We saw the Titans aren't quite ready to beat the Steelers. But these moves could make this their season to do it, to win it all, to go to the promised land. Moving on, this is just a straight signing: uh, Josh Gordon back to the New England Patriots. Both sides have nothing to lose. Both sides are in desperate situations. The Patriots, in my opinion, have a plan. They're gonna do this. Is a rebuild. They're in a rebuild right now. Cam Newton was a placeholder to see if they still had enough to make the playoffs this year. It's pretty clear they don't. Sitting at 2-4 and four now. I think that this move right here is perfect for Josh Gordon because it can be for damn near nothing like the Patriots like. And he has a chance to prove that he still got it. Does he still got it? I have no damn clue. I haven't seen Josh Gordon play more than two games straight since he was in the Browns. So if he can definitely go out there and help this Patriots offense have a little bit of, of big playability, because that's what they're missing so much right now, Cam Newton's arm strength is not there anymore like he used to have it. He's still inaccurate like he used to be. And as big a fan of Cam Newton that I am, you can tell that the decline is starting for him. Unfortunately, he never got to win that Super Bowl before this decline starts. But a similar story to Cam Newton, Josh Gordon will have a chance to prove himself. To prove that he can still play wide receiver at a high level in the National Football League. And the Patriots have nothing to lose because if it doesn't work out, they can do a one-year veteran minimum deal and be out the door again, just like they were last time on Josh Gordon. Just like they are on Cam Newton. Just like they were on Antonio Brown. The Patriots make these moves. They take these chances. Even when they're competitive, they take these chances. So why not make the move and take the chance now where you got nothing to lose? You kind of want to lose so you can pick up one of these quarterbacks next year in the draft. There's rumors Trevor Lawrence might not even enter the draft, which moves Justin Fields, the guy who I think will be pegged to go to the Patriots possibly, up to that number one overall pick slot if Trevor Lawrence does enter the draft. It could change everything if Lawrence does not enter the draft. The final move I want to see and the biggest move I want to see, I'm not sure what will be involved in the deal, but I have it pegged. Alan Lazard, third-round pick and a fifth-round pick for wide receiver Julio Jones. Yes, Julio Jones to the Green Bay Packers. The reason I want to see it so bad is because you know how big a fan I am of that bad man down there in Wisconsin. You knew I was going to say that. I say it once an episode. But you know how much of a big fan I am of Aaron Rodgers. I I love uh, Devontae Adams as a receiver. I have him higher in my wide receiver rankings than most would uh, just because of his route running, his hands, and everything's kind of coming together this season. You could see it. Uh, Hopefully he can stay healthy. That's been his biggest issue over the last couple years. But you can see it all coming together for Devontae Adams, and he's going to be a star receiver for years to come in the NFL. So I'm not saying that they need receiver help As far as the wide receiver one spot goes. But adding Julio Jones. Automatically makes this the best receiving core in football. Right there. With possibly the best quarterback in football. I'm not going to straight up say it. Because I'll get my QB rankings one day. But today's not the day. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in history. But still actively one of the better quarterbacks in football. In the MVP race. Very much so. With Aaron Jones. Who's a very underrated running back. This offense becomes unstoppable it doesn't matter how bad your defense is this is an automatic book your ticket type of move do the Packers want to win one more Super Bowl while Aaron Rodgers is still here because they're running out of time drafting backup quarterbacks in the first round ain't gonna do it but I'll tell you what will do it making a huge trade for Julio Jones at this point in the season I called for Green Bay to go get OBJ in the offseason They failed. They didn't go get him. I'm calling to Green Bay again. The Green Bay Packers. Matt LaFour. And all of that franchise's greatness. Go get Julio Jones. Please. Please. Yeah, I have a pegged Alan Lazard, a third and a fifth. Just because... They're, the Falcons are going to want maybe that young receiver to replace Jones. I can see Alan Lazar being a great receiver one day and someone that could have a breakout season if he's uh, the highlight receiver of his own team. Not, not knocking Calvin Ridley, he just is a wide receiver two guy to me, and he's going to thrive if he has a big number one wide receiver like Julio Jones on the field. He still is good without him, but I really think that Alan Lazar would step into that role and become Julio Jones for the Falcons going forward for, for 10 more years. Versus the couple more they have left with Julio. And then the two picks. Maybe it'll be a second and a fifth. Maybe it could be a a first and and no fifth. But overall, they're just going to try and get some picks along with a young player to start their rebuild. Because the Falcons are about to be in a rebuild any day now. (laughs) If if not, we're already past it. You look at the names in the roster and you're like, no way, this ain't a rebuild. You got Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. But then then you look at them play, and you're like, okay, yeah, these guys are all at the end of their careers. We need to we need to start looking at the future here. And I think it would be a good move for the Falcons, as much as I know they would not want to let Julio Jones go. I think it's a good move for them just because they're out this season. Julio might win them games by himself, which they don't want to happen. If they want to go and get a new quarterback of the future, a guy that can back up Matt Ryan for a year and then come in and, and then get some receivers to replace Julio Jones, get a tight end, Hayden Hirsch is great, he's fun, but he ain't no elite tight end. He isn't your Tony Gonzalez. But go build a new offense with a new quarterback, new coaching next year. It's it's all going to be new for the Falcons, so might as well be willing to trade Julio Jones. There's rumors that they're, that they're trading him. I made a video that went viral about it, about him going to different teams. But we don't know for sure if it's actually going to happen. But if it does, I would love to see Julio Jones in a green bay packers uniform if you made it this far and you've been listening to me passionately yell into this microphone for the last what 50 50 minutes or so just put an approximate on it i don't know exactly how long the episode is going to end out after all the editing and everything you definitely enjoyed it if you made it to this point is what i'm trying to say So if you enjoyed it, definitely go check me out on all of our social media platforms. If you search Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast, you should be able to find it. You'll see my logo on any platform, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the above. Also, go check out the brand new show that I am being featured on where myself and Joe Morley Sports go to war on YouTube and on the radio. You can find it on YouTube if you search Friday Night Wars or you can find it uh, in the links of all my bios of all my social media so definitely go and search for that you will not regret it it's very entertaining we go at it we go at it anyways thanks for listening i enjoy every second i get to do talking about sports yelling about sports sorry for hurting your ears as i do every week i'll talk to you next week thanks for listening